0: Hello, and welcome to the Friends and Experts Podcast, where I'll be talking to some friends and some experts. Welcome to Episode 2. My name is Michael Fries, and this week I would like to focus on Hurricane Michael. It may not be on the mind of most Americans, but it's something that the residents of the Florida Panhandle are dealing with on many levels. The devastating storm took more than 30 lives. It may have caused damage up to $4.5 billion, with nearly $3 billion in residential homes alone. I spoke with one of my friends, Michael Fane, who resides in Panama City, Florida, with his wife and three sons. That town, along with Mexico Beach and other surrounding areas, were among the hardest hit, leaving most without homes or even worse. He'll speak about the evacuation, the aftermath, and how he, his family, and the area will now begin the task of picking up the pieces. But before we start, I just want to apologize ahead of time for the low quality. At that time, the cell phone service was a little bit spotty at best, and most of the city of Clearwater still doesn't have power. So I invite you to take a listen and thank you for listening to the podcast.
1: How's it going, Mike? It's going better. Every day is
2: getting a little better down here. Got power back. That's a plus.
1: Mm-hmm. so I mean just in time for this recording just so our listeners just can kind of get a, the grasp of the time frame how, how long has the power been out
2: Let's See, it went out uh, Wednesday the day of the hurricane and it came back on uh, Monday and it's been yesterday So, and it's been on and off since I think they're probably just making more permanent connections and, and they're having to turn it on and off so power's been in and out for the last couple days we're we're steady right now so that's
1: good just in the few weeks we've been hearing through many national media outlets that of course the power has been out and you know fema's there providing services and and things of that matter i I know that being your family is not as bad off as some of the people in the area Um, but um can you kind of give me a description of what's it like on the ground just sort of with with the services and and how they're how they are reacting and And the the boots on the ground and what they're doing.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, we first we 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 relocated to Albany, Georgia,
1: Mm -hmm. storm.
2: Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, as probably most people know, this thing escalated pretty quickly. It went from a tropical storm warning on Sunday to literally one mile below a. Category 5 wind gust on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So within th- three and a half days, we went from to some winds and rain to seek shelter now is what the message was Tuesday. <clears throat> well, I was a little more proactive. I I was more concerned about storm surge because mm-hmm. we're very close to the water. Eh, we're about 2,000 feet at straight line from North Bay out of Lynn Haven. So I was more worried about water flooding us and I didn't want to have to try to deal with that on a daily basis so
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I booked a room out of Albany Georgia and we went up there but unfortunately the storm escalated and it had so much momentum that it actually hit Albany Georgia as a category three still which is you know three hours inland so we dealt with power outage and high winds and trees and just the whole chaos of that area no gas no food we were in a hotel with no power for two days and it was pretty miserable And of course, we're having record-breaking temperatures right now, 90s and humidity in the 80 percentile. So it's just been a miserable couple of weeks. We came back to Saturday after to find that our house was in pretty good shape. A little bit of wind damage, some stuff outside blowing around in the way. My truck took a pretty good beating, but all in all, structurally sound, no flooding, very lucky. But coming into town, eerie because this area is, Known for pine trees, and they harvest pine trees. They log. There's a lot of, a lot of logging going on down here. So mm-hmm. You see miles and miles and miles of pine trees coming down through here, and even in town, pretty much any tree over 20, 30 foot is snapped over. It's they're just gone. You might have a tree here and there, but I'd say probably 80 to 90 percent of the trees in this county are gone. So that part of it is very strange.
1: You, you know, Mike, <laughs> no I, I just want to say just for the people listening as well. You are doing all this, the evacuating and just assessing the damage. You are married with three boys, so you had your wife and your three sons with you all at this time too. <laughs> right. Just talk right. about when you hear people evacuating, it's one thing to get your belongings as one person, but to to do that with your family in mind. Can you just tell me about the, the stress that entails? Psychologically, how how has your family been holding up?
2: We've been holding up good. Uh I think it's before the storm hit. You're kind of in a you don't know stage where you don't really know what to expect. Being that you know this area hasn't been hit with a hurricane since I think '95, uh, you just don't know what to expect. You don't know if you're going to get a bunch of flooding. You don't know exactly where the storm's going to hit. You know we were on the west side of the of the eye, so we took the wind damage, the brunt of the wind damage. Whereas the east side of the storm took the storm surge hit, which is Mexico Beach and Apalachicola. You know, all those areas actually took a lot more storm surge than we did. You know, we we put everything in the house up high that we wanted to try to save. You know, I had some furniture from my mom that passed away and and some antiques and stuff that I had gotten from them. And we took our titles and our social security cards and our birth certificates. We took all that with us. And for the most part, everything else, we just kind of put up high, hoping that it would be there when we got back. I mean, there's really nothing you can do. It wasn't enough time to pack up and go. I mean, I have the means. I have a big trailer. I could have loaded more stuff and towed it out of here, but there just wasn't time. I mean, as late as Tuesday afternoon at 6 o'clock, you could still go to Walmart or go out to eat. Home Depot was open till I think, 6 o'clock that Tuesday night, which was strange to me because I'm watching on TV. They're saying, you know, if you're going to leave, you need to get out now. So I was like, well, why are these stores even
1: open? Were there people around?
2: Yes, packed. Buying plywood, generators, gasoline cans, flashlights, batteries, that sort of thing. You know, water. Mm -hmm. You couldn't buy water the day before. It was all gone.
1: Was there a feeling that this hurricane is just same old news? Or was it the the feeling that this one is as bad as advertised? Yes and no. At
2: first, like I said, Monday, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, even early, early part of Tuesday. People are like, oh, yeah, you know, because just last fall, we had a tropical storm hit. I think it was last fall or it was the beginning of this year. We had a tropical storm hit Panama City dead on, and we had some pretty high winds. But it was just a tropical storm, and so people were like, "Oh, you know, we'll have a hurricane party. We'll hunker down, and it'll be okay." But then, as they kept increasing the alert, they're saying, "Listen, this is no joke. You need to go." People that I know that have been here their entire lives were packing up and heading heading out. What the problem was, there are some people who stayed. You had people stay here for a majority of reasons. Mm -hmm. Some are too poor; they don't have a car. They don't have money to give people for gas. They didn't have anywhere to go. You know, they had shelters, but those were overflowing and they were actually putting people in some of these schools and ended up taking a lot of damage as well. I think they were, I think my son's high school, Mosley, was a evacuation point, but it flooded. So they had to evacuate those people out mid-storm. It was a bad situation. I think the problem with FEMA and not to get off on a tangent, but I don't understand if they have this kind of uh, storm, even, even one with more warning, why they don't come in here and bust these people out of here that don't have the means to take them to safety. Luckily, they're reporting only 32 fatalities in the storm, 21 of them in this county alone. But mm-hmm. I think they didn't. I think there could have been better preparation for people that just don't have the means. You have people on home dialysis and oxygen. They had no power. And a lot of these people live on secluded back dirt roads that they literally take a backhoe and go down and smooth out the roads every once in a while. That's the nature of for these neighborhoods that some of these people live in. And nobody was able to get to them except by helicopter afterwards. I mean, you could not drive back to their house. You could yeah, even walk back to some of these homes.
1: Yeah, you were, you were mentioning that. And I just wanted to bring up a post that you wrote on your Facebook page. And it just pretty much hmm. kind of tells the story, the summary of what you were just describing. I, I think one of the things that came out was uh, when you said, "You know, cars and RVs and camping trailers are flipped over, roofs and shreds are blown away or smashed, boats are blown away everywhere. It's a sight I'll never forget. It's like a military zone with all of the police and National Guard posted everywhere." You know, but hey, we made it, and I'm grateful for that. I, I just, and also you had mentioned. Um, later in that post that, you know, believe me, the TVs are not capturing the minutia of what's happening here every day. I just kind of wanted to, and you, you led into that, but I just kind of wanted to just sort of elaborate on that as well. Well,
2: when we first come back down here, there was actually a blockade. You couldn't actually come back into town unless you had a driver's license that said you lived in this area. So they were limiting people coming back into the area because they were still going door to door doing search and rescue. Literally door to door making sure there's people okay. Mm-hmm. They just completed that task. Uh I wanna say this just past Saturday mm-hmm. is what I heard. So that was an ongoing deal for the you know, for the next ten days. You didn't have the National Guard presence as much as the Saturday that we came back, okay. was, you know, four days after, but you did have Florida State troopers here. And obviously, city police were everywhere, sheriffs. When we came back, finally, we came back for good. Tuesday, you had National Guard here. You had, first of all, you had traffic all the way out of the county trying to get back in. to see, because nobody knew. Everybody was on Facebook saying, listen, what about this neighborhood? What about this neighborhood? Because there were people that were here and rode the storm out. So there was a big deal about Verizon and not having any cell phone service. AT&T was limited. T-Mobile was limited. But it was pinging off Verizon towers had zero service, so that added to the the frustration of people trying to get in a hold of their loved ones. So you had all this influx of people trying to get back into the county, and the areas to see what was left, who was left, and it just made for a big you know big problem. So they posted the National Guard. They were, you know, you had looters starting up almost immediately. It was like a war zone. It was, you have tents popped up on the school grounds where the National Guard has got temporary barracks. Tyndall Air Force Base is a big air force base down mm-hmm. here. It was completely wiped out. All those people were re- reassigned to different locations, and the word on the street is they're not coming back. So I don't know if they're going to rebuild Tyndall or not. But the days going up to the storm, Monday, Tuesday, when they started escalating the alert status, it was it was kind of a cool thing to see these jets flying out in tandems, you know. Everybody was flying. They were evacuating the airbase and getting mm-hmm. all the all the aircraft out of there. But that was if, if there was anything cool about it. That was pretty cool. As far <laughs> now, you see people just wandering around. You see gas stations here and there that are open. They're just, but they're only selling limited amount of what they have left, and it's cash only.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's
2: a problem because there's no banks. You can't get a hold of cash. You have to drive literally an hour out to get to working ATMs and do bank tra- transactions. We drove all the way over to Destin the other day for that very reason. But really, it's just sad. You drive around these cities, and you don't even recognize where you're at. You know, Lynn Haven, Callaway, Parker, Panama City, Panama City Beach, we're all kind of like one big metropolis. You have a hard time of following along where you're actually at. Yeah, A, you don't have street signs because they're all gone. Most of the stoplights are blown off and or well, there's nothing there at all. So you've got confusion in traffic patterns. You've got people walking around literally with their clothes on their back, just carrying the weird, most bizarre items, but that's all they have left. But it's starting to ramp up now. You're seeing Walmart and Sand Club and the grocery stores down here opening up. You've got National Guard. You've got Salvation Army. You've got the Red Cross. They're setting up posts. Uh, Lynn Haven's been serving free meals every day. And I believe they're going to carry on up until the 24th of October when they're supposed to have all the power back on in this in this town. So you're seeing a lot of volunteer work. Uh, we have armored trucks going up and down the street, handing out coolers. We actually received a cooler of like a mix, a grab bag of beverages. There was chips and stuff in there for the kids there was beer in there for the parents there was coke products and sprite and and just that sort of thing water and uh they just driving driving around giving people coolers full of cold beverages so that was pretty in, pretty awesome but it's just, it's just a sad sight because you, we, we went down last night to the Panama city marina and it's the old part of the town and the whole sides of condos are blown out. Apartment buildings have no roofs. You know, people, a lot of trailer, trailers down here, mobile home trailers and pre-manufactured building type homes. Those are all destroyed. And you just see people sitting out in a lawn chair in front of what's left of their house. And they're just sitting there and just the look on their face, you know, they don't know what's going on. FEMA's been coming through here and denying people their claims because A, they can't get to their place or B... I've heard instances where people were dislocated and they can't meet the appointment time when they call to say, hey, we're on our way. Well, I'm I'm clear up here in Alabama or I'm over here in Georgia or I'm over in you know New Orleans. I, I, it's going to take me a few hours to get back over there. Okay, well, I'm just going to deny your claim for now because you're not available. And that's how they're handling it. I I mean, take it's, it's crazy.
1: I take it that you're not satisfied with that governmental response.
2: I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> One person was categorized as having shelter. There was a tree through the middle of their house. They were, they could literally get in their living room, and they were hunkered down under the roof that remained of their house under the living room area. <laughs> and the, allegedly the FEMA uh, inspector said, well, you have shelter. I'm going to deny your claim. Wow. And, and that was it. Yes.
1: I mean, be, that's... Is that just an extreme case, or that's just, as you've seen across the board? Well, well, there's a Facebook
2: page called uh, Bay County, I think it's called Bay County, Florida, after Hurricane Michael. You can log on there, and you'll see all the posts of the things, various nonsense that's going on, Just just people's feedback from the FEMA investigation. Some people are getting approved, but for the most part, you're hearing all the negative part of it. I understand that most people don't get on there and say, Hey, I had a great experience with FEMA mm-hmm. but you're hearing the bad parts, the bad uh experiences and, and they seem a little incompassionate, if you will. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it, it just seems that from what you're saying and you had said earlier about the the military town that the word on the street that it might not even come back and the difficulties with FEMA, it it just seems not even hardly a year removed from when hurricanes hit Houston and other parts of the United States and and, and Puerto Rico, how the, the government response was. And, And one thing that I was just concerned about just speaking with you and living through these other hurricanes is that the response, I guess from the media and, and government was much more intensive for, for those particular hurricanes. And we all know about the response for hurricane, I mean, I'm sorry, for the hurricane in Puerto Rico. And I I guess the conventional wisdom from people from my area and other non-hurricane affected areas was that the the government would step in and FEMA would step in to to help these people in the panhandle. And unfortunately, in in our world, in this country, you you have the midterm elections. So the media is not really focused on that. You haven't heard non-Florida leaders give much attention to this, and if so, it's just sort of lip service. That's kind of what I'm sensing from all of this. You know, from I would know, agree with you. Okay, from from your I just want to definitely agree with you. Okay, I just wanted to hear your perspective.
2: Well, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I t- I actually was stuck in Hurricane Harvey. I was over there delivering some some uh, steel over to. Uh, Where was I? I don't even remember where I was at Fort Worth.
1: You're an independent contractor. You're an independent contractor. A truck driver, self-employed. Just so our listeners know what you do for a living. Go ahead. Mm
2: -hmm. And I was actually, I actually got stuck over there on just outside of Beaumont, Texas, uh, when the hurricane hit over there. So I hunkered down in my truck at the truck stop over there, and then left out, and it was just windy and rain. Mm -hmm. And and what I saw. Because if you remember, there was a lot of rain involved in that Hurricane Harvey. It just seemed like it stood, you know, stood there forever and it would just dump rain on those people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So what I saw there was flooding. I don't mind the wind so much as mm-hmm. I do. I don't want to deal with water. You know what I mean? So that's right. why I left here. But those people were just flooded out. And then last year, I went down to take generators down to Miami for Irma. Mm-hmm. And again, it was there was some wind damage coming up down on the east side of the uh, – florida on the the coastline there there was a lot of wind damage but there was also a lot of flooding still again rain was a big issue but here we just seem to get the brunt of both forces i mean it was just terrible wind and and a lot of a lot of rain and a lot of flooding uh close to the beach but no i don't think that the government i mean you had news cameras you had you had new major news cameras that were stuck here they they wrote it out in a hotel down on the beach Um, They showed live footage. That's what we were watching from our hotel room up in Georgia when it hit. We Mm -hmm. were watching it unfold. FEMA didn't get here until probably Friday after the hurricane, I think. Friday or Saturday. Like I said, they've been going around hitting these claims you have to do online, which which is another beef with people. They don't Mm -hmm. have cell phone service, so they're not even able to apply because there's no cell phone service in the area. There wasn't. I, I Getting corrected there. They have brought in what they call mobile hotspots on trailers and popped them up around. But even where I'm at, I, I have like one or two bars at any time. It's never full strength anytime. So that's part of the problem. These people can't even get online to say, hey, I do need help. Some of them can't travel. Some of them, their only mode of transportation is just destroyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't think there's enough compassion to what's going on. Yeah, I mean these people need help, and I just don't think they're getting enough of it.
1: You were saying you know there's people that lost everything due to this hurricane, mm-hmm. and you were fortunate enough to be saved from it you know, damage wise I mean there was you know some things that that need to be fixed, but for the whole part, you've been spared but even I've even been lucky yes even even to that effect, there's still when I've been trying to just set this interview up the the, the cell phone coverages have been spotty. And even now, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's no power in the area. So, and we're two weeks in. So that's a struggle that's ongoing. And for people, you know, for some people it's much worse for some people it's, you know, on par to where you're at right now. So I, I think that's just a, a, a long haul that most people Around outside of that area, don't understand and and couldn't <laughs> actually it couldn't you know, quite frankly comprehend. I mean, I I know if you know if my house was just taking away from me due to Mother Nature, I wouldn't know what to do or or be in a situation such as that. So I I, I do applaud your trying to uh, you know cope with this. Uh, like I said, yeah. you know you you're, you know there there are people that you know as you said lost everything.
2: Yeah, that's 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 the truth of it. I mean, I've been lucky. We've we've I mean, we lost some things, some 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 things we can't get back, and that's fine. It blew away or whatever in the yard or I had a little shed outside, it's gone and all the stuff I had in there, some of the blue or was ruined with the water. But it's minimal compared to you know, you go and you see these trees laying in the middle of people's homes and their their homes are split open exposed to the elements. whatever took place you know how much rain we got during the storm and uh, pictures and and memories and and you just can't even get your mind uh, around it and it's every home first of all when the storm was done bay county there was not one home with power now just this county okay they said every every customer in bay county was without power and listen they're you go down the road and you see lines and lines of bucket trucks and guys up in the air doing their job. And it's amazing how they mobilized. They were the quickest on the scene. Those guys, those guys are the, you know, the miracle workers for real because they've been working from sun up to sundown. And I've been out driving around and, and I see them everywhere. I mean, there's, there's lines laying in the road. They're just cutting them and just running new. They're not even trying to, sorted out they're just doing an awesome job can't say enough about those people but yep. every business every building every home in some way somehow was affected by this and i don't think anybody can really get their mind around that because it's just hard to fathom i mean i think i saw on the news the other day there were 2000 homes destroyed mm-hmm. and 63 6400 cars destroyed no mention of the boats, you know, people sheds, just other, you know, other types of structures, boathouses. I know nobody who gives a shit about a boathouse. You know, you, you live on the water, but people have boats and they go out and fish and that's that's part of their life here. But well, it was we went t- down to the marina yesterday.
1: No, I was just I'm sorry again to interrupting you. Um, no, but that's OK. No, it's just that you, this, this storm has been. The monstrous st- size of this storm is, you know, it hasn't been a storm like this since, you know, 2005. So it's been a while mm-hmm. since since people felt this. You know, just kind of, you know, you kind of alluded to it as well and sort of segued into it. Just sort of the kind of the sense of community that the, the area has been going through, you know, since this. And I just want to go back to your, your post that you sent. And it's, it's a really good post. You had said in there, tonight, while driving around with my two youngest boys looking for ice and cold beverages, Buddha, your son Buddha, said, Dad, you know, as a family, we were really lucky. We lost all our stuff, but we all survived and we're still together. I can't describe Mm -hmm. the sense of pride because my kids get it. Has it been like that around your neighborhood in the community as well?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, my, my my kids have went through a couple of disasters, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: they're a little more seasoned. But uh my oldest boy is in high school. He's a junior, and uh, his buddies were over here last night. <clears throat> a lot of them have been staying here. We have a, a shed that's kind of fixed up as a hangout for them, and they've been crashing there because the air conditioner worked and uh been able to get showers and stuff here. But they were just telling me they're from different areas around the county, what they've lost, and they're more worried about going back to school and their jobs. They all have little jobs, you know, mm-hmm. working at restaurants or what have you, um, and helping their their parents, you know, kind of get through the repairs at their house. But I haven't really had a lot of exposure to people one on one like that to say how they're getting through it, but. You know my my son was alluding as you know, we mm-hmm. had a fire that completely wiped us out a while back mm-hmm. and and we didn't we weren't so lucky in that we we did lose everything at that point, but mm-hmm. he was alluding to the fact that we've made it through that and this, and you know we're all still together <laughs> I don't think that was his thought when we were stuck in the hotel up in Albany you mm-hmm. know it was a hundred degrees in there and no power <laughs> but but we did make it. Mm-hmm. And then we weathered it. You,
1: you had a, you had a fire just to me and you know each other well, so it, it, right, right. You, you had a you had a fire when you had lived in Ohio. You had a fire and it it, it destroyed your home. That's it. Did. This, this was years ago, but that's when your 2010. son. 2010. Okay, yeah. When your son was talking about tragedy in that post, okay.
2: Well, he, he was talking about both. You know, he was saying right. that we lost everything there and, and now this, and we're still all together and we still made it. But they understand the things come and go.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to make they, that clear. I
2: appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They're good kids, they get it. They've been pretty pretty good considering the circumstances.
1: Okay. Well, is there one particular thing that you want our listeners to? To understand about this particular situation that the media is not really covering,
2: it's not just the tragedy; it's just going to be the time it's going to take to rebuild. I mean, you drive around; this is kind of a small area. I mean, there are certain areas where you have this small community, and some of the stuff that's here has been wiped out. So, you didn't have the, what do you want to say, plethora of goods and services to begin with. And it's just going to take a long time to rebuild. I think that people. You know the news cycle short. They're going to move on, and they're going to forget. And these people are still going to be struggling for years to come. You know, in the near future, uh, trying to get their lives back together. Some of them are going to be transplanted permanently, and that's that's a shame. Well, the guys, that were coming around dropping the coolers were survivors from Katrina, and you have people from Katrina living here, mm-hmm. and you have people from Harvey living here, and now here you go again. So, you know you. People love living down in this, this type of climate, and that's the trade-off. I guess. You're going to have to deal with this, these catastrophes.
1: Well, Mike, I really appreciate you spending the time with me to just give some perspective on what it's like in the panhandle right now and just giving us a perspective that the media is not really covering and you know, your personal story of how you and your family are dealing with it. I really appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on to the show.
2: Oh, anytime, Mike. Appreciate
0: it. And that was our conversation with Michael Thane. I want to thank Mike for taking the time out of his situation to speak with us. If you would like to listen to more of the Friends and Experts podcast, it's available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and many other apps. If you would like to support the podcast, just go to friends and experts on anchor.fm. My name is Michael Fries, and this has been the Friends and Experts Podcast. Thank you for listening.